pray. God, you are amazing. You are more than enough. You speak into our lives and into our world to calm storms. You cast out evil. You turn water into wine. You perform miracles. You are indeed amazing and more than enough. We come before you this day to have you speak into our lives. And we avail yourself to we avail ourselves to your word this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and take a seat this morning. Welcome this morning. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Church. If you're a, a guest with us, I want to wish you uh, a good morning and thank you for being here. Uh, if if you are new and I haven't met you yet, I'd love to get to, met, to meet you. I'm, I'm still new myself, and so it, maybe you're a longtime member and you still haven't met me. I, I'd love to meet you. So um, I'll be out in the atrium. Pull me aside. Shake my hand. I'd love to meet you and get to know more about you. Excited to share with you this morning. Last week I got a chance to be with you, and we talked a lot about uh, the casting out of demons and, and how Jesus desires to cast evil out of our lives and out of our world, right? So we got to talk about that last week. And before that, there were two other uh, miracles that have been part of this series. This series, we've been looking at Jesus' miracles. And there were two other ones. One was water into wine and the uh, healing at a poolside, where Jesus healed a paralytic man at the poolside. Today, today, the miracle that we are going to look at today is where Jesus steps forward and he calms a storm. Beautiful, beautiful story. And so we are going to spend time looking at this, this miracle where Jesus exercises authority over nature and he calms a storm the disciples find themselves in. Just a little background for you. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew. And so if you do have your Bibles, you can kind of page through. It's towards the, the middle end. It's in the New Testament. If you don't know where to look, uh, reference your table of contents. We're going to be in chapter 8, which is the big number, uh, and the small number is, is the verses. We're going to be in 8. And we're going to start at verse 23. But before we get into verse 23, and before we get into chapter 8, a couple things you should know. Right? Up until now, up until chapter 8, Jesus has been uh, developing relationships with people, getting to know people. And uh, particularly, he is traveling with great crowds of people who have come to listen to him speak and teach and get to know him. Right? And he has selected from within that a smaller group of disciples. Disciples, people who have said, man, this guy is something special. I am going to follow him. I am going to learn from him. And Jesus has turned around and said, yep, you follow me. You learn from me. We're going to have an incredible experience together, right? So before chapter 8, you have Jesus with these disciples, these followers who are with him, and they travel with him wherever he goes. Up until chapter 8, you might remember this from last week, Jesus has been doing a lot of teaching and preaching. Lots of teaching and preaching about uh, the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures. He was a Jewish rabbi, and so he was a Jewish teacher. That's what that means. Rabbi means teacher. And so Jesus was avidly teaching his disciples up until chapter 8. Once we get to chapter 8, Jesus starts bringing out the big stuff and performing miracles. 
miracle. Up until now, the, the disciples have begun to realize, wow, this guy's something special. He's got real authority, and he speaks with such, such power over these Jewish scriptures. But then we get into chapter 8, and all of a sudden, Jesus is doing miracles. He has a, a healing. He has two different healings. Uh, one is with a, uh, a person who's far away. He heals them from a distance. And the other one is he heals uh, disciples, one of the disciples' mother. He heals, right? And so, Going into the 23rd verse, chapter 8, the 23rd verse, that at least gives you an idea of what's happening. Jesus is traveling with a group of guys. He has shown that he has authority in Scripture and really knowledgeable. And now he has shown that he has miraculous, he has some some measure of divinity to him. He's performing miracles, okay? So here's our text for the day. Matthew chapter 8, starting in the 23rd verse. Then Jesus got into the boat, and he started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake, with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went, and they woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us! We're going to drown! Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up. And rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Powerful story. Powerful story. Jesus is out on this lake, this Lake, the Sea of Galilee. It's like a really big lake. So I thought I'd give you at least a little map to give you an idea. This is a, a graphic of the Sea of Galilee. You can see there the Sea of Galilee is in this. Look at even Jesus calms a storm, right? Right in the center. So you can see that Jesus is out on the Sea of Galilee. He's traveling across the lake to another area. And uh, you'll notice that there's some really interesting geography here. Um, topograph, top of, how do you say that word? Topography? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So you'll notice there's some interesting topography here. Uh, This is the lake, and what is ringed all the way around the lake? These are not little baby Wisconsin hills. These are mountains. Around the Sea of Galilee is a series of mountains. There's a small mountain range, and these are really cliffs. I mean, I've I've been there. I've stood there, and I have looked. These, these, these are big mountains. These are not small little baby Wisconsin hills. These, these are serious mountains, right? And so you can see that all the way around, except for the southern part, is mountains, right? And so what happens is you can see the southern part, that's kind of this marshy area, very flat, marshy area. So often what happens is wind comes flying up from the south. It comes into the Sea of Galilee, which is flat. And then what does it hit? What does it come up against? The mountains. Right? You can see here's another graphic for you. The Sea of Galilee is over here. That's the Sea of Galilee. Wind comes out from the west, from the Mediterranean Sea. It sweeps down this valley, and it hits a second valley, and it shoots either north or south. And if it heads north, it goes directly into the Sea of Galilee. The reason this is all important, the reason this is all pertinent to today, is because because of the, the t- topography and the weather patterns, it really makes it easy for this to happen. 
big storm really fast. Big storm really fast because the wind comes across, it comes flying up from the south, and all of a sudden it gets caught, trapped in these mountains, and all of a sudden you have this huge storm that you're experiencing on the Sea of Galilee. Make sense? To give you another visual, visual learners out here, this is what I would interpret. I love this little painting coming up. This is the way that I would probably picture the experience of, of the scripture describing. Ready? Little baby boat. Big storm. You see it with the, like, the teeth coming and grabbing it, right? You get that? Right. The idea here is that in the scriptures, you have this storm sweeping up out of nowhere. Suddenly. And that's often, often the case in our lives, right? I mean, in a metaphorical sense, we, we are going throughout life, and all of a sudden, unexpectedly, storms will arise. And these are not just little light breezes. These aren't little baby, you know, just a little gray cloud. This is not like Olaf, the snowman, with his one little cloud. No, this is like, this is a storm. This is a serious storm. And that at least gives you an idea. The disciples have water breaking over the sides of their boat. They are concerned. I mean, they're worried about this storm. Going back to the scripture here, you can see it. Jesus got into the boat, started across the lake with his disciples. Small boats back then, they've, they've actually uncovered one of the boats that was around during Jesus' time. It's not big, let me tell you. It's not very big. I mean, you could maybe squeeze 15 people on there, maybe 20 if you're like standing room only. I mean, these are small little fishing boats, transport boats, right? So they're out on this small fishing transport boat. Suddenly, a fierce storm strikes the lake. Waves are breaking into the boat. Jesus, what's he doing? Yeah, he's sleeping. Okay. The disciples, this is what I love. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. I'm going to ask for your help this morning. Because what I've, I've spent time over the last week doing is trying to understand this statement, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And what I'm finding is that different storms, different people have different ways of saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. So on the count of three, we're all going to read together. I want you to give me your best. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Okay? Now, seriously, imagine yourself. You're in a boat here. It's like, you know, crazy wind, big storm, right? Here we go. On the count of three, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. One, two, three. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Come on. What is I with you? Come on, people. Come on. It's Sunday. I know. Here we go. We're going to do it again. You're going to die. You're going to drown. This is big. It's a big storm. On the count of three, Lord save us, we're going to drown. One, two, three. Lord save us, we're going to drown. Yeah, see, that's the way that I would say it if I'm standing in the boat. I'm concerned. There are waves breaking over the side of this boat. I'm going to give a little lung power to this, and I'm going to be concerned. I'm going to be shouting, Lord save us, we're going to drown. I've been intrigued by this all week. I've been thinking about this. And I looked up some other translations. So there you can see, Lord save us, we're going to drown. That's a translation that we have. Here's another translation and way of interpreting the, the Greek text. Save us, Lord. We are perishing. That's the way I picture that one. That's just me, like the swooning sort of thing, right? And then uh, this last one's great. Lord, save us. We're about to die. That's another, I just picture like, you know. Okay, I'm the only one with that. All right. Well, regardless, I've been trying to figure out all week, how did the disciples say that? What did they say there? What did they mean? Because I think there's a lot of different ways to say this. 
There's a lot of different ways to say the same line, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And depending on how you save it, say it, will communicate different things. I'm guessing there are at least three different kinds of disciples in this boat. At least three. Probably a whole lot more. Right? We know that there will probably be more disciples actually with him. But I'm guessing that you know, categorically, there's at least three, maybe some more categories on different ways that we can say, Lord, save us, we're going to drown, we're going to die. Sometimes, I feel like when storms arise, and we turn to God, and we think, we look at Him, we're like, come on, man, you're asleep, wake up. We can do it in an accusatory tone. Lord, I'm bailing the boat here. I'm working hard. Anytime you're ready, uh, anytime you feel up for it, uh, I'm working so, you're going to save us? I mean, we're going to drown here. A little help? Can you hear that accusatory nature? And I mean, I mean I've done this. Have you ever done this before? Where a storm has arisen in your life, and you look to God, and you're like, God, what the heck, man? I'm working hard. I'm bailing the boat. We're going to sink here. Wake up. You might have experienced that. Lord, I'm working really hard at this marriage counseling thing, at this therapy, and uh, I'm working hard. Where are you in all this? Lord, I'm trying to get my finances in order here, and I'm trying to do this whole live-by-budget thing, and this is totally different, and like, I'm working real hard, and all of a sudden we got smacked with this big bill. What gives? Where are you? Wake up. Sometimes in life, I think we fall into the category of having this accusatory tone towards Jesus in the midst of our storms. It's just us responding to our storm. And that's what it is. And sometimes we can, we can be desperate. I'm guessing there's at least another disciple in there who's like, man, this is it. We're going down. I give up. I'm done. Unless he does a miracle, this ain't changing. I mean, I'm desperate here. Unless you're going to do something... We are sinking. So, unless you help, I mean, we're, we're, we're done. So, you know, we just, I got nothing else. I got nothing left. I can't get past this eating addiction and struggling with my weight and struggling with my self-image. And unless you do something, this is just, it's just, Lord, I'm desperate. I, this is not going to change. I'm going to sink. I'm desperate. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm struggling with this reality of how to parent well, and I've, I've been trying, and been trying new things, and working hard, and I'm, I'm out of, I feel like I'm out of options here. I mean, I'm desperate for something new, something different, a different way of handling this and approaching this. I want a good relationship with my children. I just don't know how, and, and I got nothing else to turn to. So please, Lord, I mean, I'm, I'm desperate here. Save me. I'm about to drown. Have you ever experienced that in life? Have you ever been that second disciple who's in the boat? I have. Maybe you fall into the third one. And I'll be honest, I struggled with how to name this third one. Honest is probably not the 
the best word. But what I picture here, to give you an idea, to give you what I'm trying to capture with this word honest, is the disciple who, who sees Jesus sleeping, and he comes up to him, and he gently tries to wake him. Kneels down, Lord, Lord, I need your help right now. I need your help. I can't overcome this. I can't do this. I'm stuck in this storm, and I just, I really, I need your help right now. I'm sorry that I have to wake you, but, but I just, I need your help. I need your help getting through this day. It's overwhelming. I got so much going on. I need your help with my anxiety. I've just really been struggling with that, and it's been a storm, and I need your help. I've been struggling with my relationship to my spouse, to my parent, and I, I need your help. So please help. Save me. I'm, I'm about to drown here. I wonder if at one point in time or another you have fallen into one of these categories, that you have been one of these disciples. I can be honest in saying that I don't know which disciple you feel like you are more often than not. I mean, I don't even know what storms you're facing right now. I don't even know what the disciples actually, how they actually said it. But I will tell you what I do know. I know the end of the story. Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up, and he rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I think the power in today's message, today's miracle, I think the beauty, the good news in today's text, is that regardless of how we treat God in our storms, regardless on how well we're doing with this whole faith walk thing, regardless of, 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 of our response, whether it be frustration or anger or violence or apathy or laziness, regardless of how we respond in our storms, Jesus Christ, in his power and in his love and in his goodness, he gets up and he walks to the front of the boat and he speaks with his authority, peace, be still, be calm. I think the beauty of today's text is regardless of what disciple you are, Jesus rises to the call. He hears our need. And he responds with love, affection, and power. Be still. Be calm. If you're following along on the little half sheet out there, you'll notice that there are some blanks where it says blank 
me. And what it is, is despite me. That Jesus calms our storms. He gets up, he hears our call, and he responds despite our accusations that we throw at him. He does that. He's willing to do that. He loves you enough that he will just simply forgive over the accusations, and he will speak with power and love into your life calm. And maybe you feel desperate. Maybe you're in a storm right now and you feel just desperate. You need to know this morning that Jesus calms the storm for you. Maybe you feel like you're just in need of some help, just some honest, good, truthful help. You should know this morning that Jesus responds to your call, your plea for help alongside you. He walks with you in that. He will give you the strength to overcome. He will empower you to walk into the calm. Whatever storm you are weathering right now, the beauty of today's text is that regardless of how we respond in our storms, Jesus also responds. And he responds consistently by using his power and authority to speak calm, peace, purpose into our lives. Maybe you've experienced that sometime in life. I have. I can testify to this. That I have been in the midst of a storm and I have been one of those three disciples. I've been all three at different times. And I can testify to the fact that Jesus Christ in my life, in my storms, has showed up, is awake, and has spoken calm and peace. And like the disciples, when I experienced that, I am left with awe and wonder. I mean, when you're in that boat and it's rocking and the waves are coming in and Jesus shows up and he says, peace, be still, be calm, and it's calm. It is one of the most incredible experiences. And we are left with awe and wonder. Who is this Jesus? Who is this that he would take note of me? Who is this that he would be intentional about my life? Who is this Jesus that he would wake up for my storm? He is Jesus the Christ. Speaking calm, working miracles in people's lives, this is what he does. This is, I mean, this is what he does on a big picture, big scale. Jesus walks into the biggest storm that the world has ever seen and experienced, the storm of sin. And he's willing to take a boat. He's willing to go there on the cross and endure and weather that storm. And even more so, he is willing to sink down into the depths of that storm to allow it to overcome him so that he can sink down into the gates of hell wrap around him. And you know why he does that? Because when he's there, he walks up to the devil, he walks up to sin, he walks up to death, and Jesus Christ drowns death. 
Jesus Christ drowns sin and brokenness. Jesus enters the storm and he speaks calm and peace at a time where it seems like the enemy is one. And Jesus says, no, hold on. I have power here. I have authority here. Be still. Be calm. I have victory over sin, death, the devil, and the evil that's loose in this world. I have claimed victory on the cross. I pray that as you go forward into your week ahead, my prayer is that whatever storm rises, maybe it's just a light breeze that kind of ruffles things. Maybe it's a real torrential downpour, and you are in the midst of a horrible storm, and you feel like, Lord, I'm sinking, I'm going to drown. I pray that you would know Jesus Christ rises to your call and desires to speak calm and peace. He desires to work miracles in your life. He has proven it by dying for you on a cross long ago so that your storm today and tomorrow will not overcome you You will not sink. You will endure. And you will walk into calm, peaceful weather. Let's let's conclude with prayer. Let's ask him for that. Let's be bold. We're going to ask him to calm some of our storms, okay? Jesus. Jesus, you are the Christ. You have the power and the authority. And we recognize that as your children, as your disciples, as those who are with you in the boat. We acknowledge that you have the authority and power to calm storms. We pray and ask that you would do so, calm the storms in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, as we are so often accusatory or desperate and we, 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 we lack faith. Thank you that regardless of our response to a storm, you choose to respond in power, authority, and grace. That you choose to work miracles in our lives. Bring us now through the storms of our world and our lives. Speak calm and peace. This we ask by your authority, by your power, by your grace given to us through your death on the cross. Amen.